Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redoxplus Cephala Podcast, the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriar Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for. I am your host at the post, Boss Rush Mode, and here with me, as always, are my inky compadres, Nintendo. Fun, anyone? <laughs> I like fun. Alchemy. Well, do you now? <laughs> I well, do. Alchemy. 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 What else you got to say? Live in your world. Play in ours. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, Sounds like a good time to me. Well. I don't know yeah, about that throaty whispering stuff at the end mm. there. It made it creepy. Yeah. Mm, it sure did. It should. And, and, <laughs> and Parasite Steve. Welcome to the third place. Third place? Wouldn't you want first place? No, I mean, I don't know. You know, that was actually just the tagline in a series of weird surrealistic commercials. Oh, were they trying to channel their inner David Lynch or something? As a matter of a fact, David Lynch directed the uh, series of weird commercials. Oh. Well, yeah, facts with an X. Yes, super facts. So, as you must know, since you clicked on the link, we are going to be waxing nostalgic about the best-selling console of all time, the PlayStation Two, which came out pretty much twenty years ago, around the the release of this episode. Came out in October twenty-sixth, two thousand. That's mm, crazy. Wow. So, Believe that shit? 20 years old, and it sold up to date 155 million units worldwide. Good God. That's a fuck ton of units. It's even more Damn. than the freaking Nintendo DS guy, which I, I, thought, I thought was number one. Well, unless the info I got was wrong, but what I read, it said... You know what? It's probably handheld versus console. Maybe. You know, maybe they consider it <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> In the well, yeah, PS, yeah, PS2 lived uh, for a very long time and was still in production yeah. for an even stupider long time. Right, it was in production for like just over twelve years. Uh, like I said, it was released in the United States. It was released in Japan in uh, March of two thousand, in the United States in October of two thousand, Europe and Australia in November of two thousand, and it had a production run. At least in the United States, it stopped production in January of twenty thirteen. So just over 12 wow. years. That's wow. nuts. Ridiculous long time. So is that so is one. this like the, the longest running console ever? It kind of feels know, like the, it. The Ouya is still going pretty strong, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called I, I, smartphones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really. It's, yeah, iOS. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as okay. far as as far as consoles go, I I honestly don't know. I mean, I I'm not familiar with it it exactly. probably is is up there because like yeah well, how many ga- pretty good run the, the original NES must have gone for a pretty long time yeah like, well, like, like almost ten years I think because that came out in what 86? 85, 85 in Japan yeah so, so um, yeah and, then, then, and they're still making games after uh, the Super Nintendo was released right yeah yeah right so the so last was Nintendo game was Wario's Woods so what, yeah what yeah was Wario's Woods was that ninety four Wario's Woods I don't remember what. Wow. Year was Ninety-four. Ninety-four. Nice. So almost ten years then. For Damn, all. son. Yeah. So so pretty good. Pretty good run. But yeah, the PS2. I mean, a fucking decade plus two. Right. And you could still go to the store and buy a brand new PS2. Like that's so weird. 
That is so know, bizarre. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So just... the the PlayStation Two is the longest lasting game console. Damn. Okay. Right wow. next to the Super Nintendo. S okay. E S. Wow. I, w- I would have guessed Game and Watch. Huh. <laughs> right. yeah, my, my worst. It wasn't. It wasn't the Saturn. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> or the are 32? You, actually, actually, the 32 sure? X was even worse. It's like the 32X came out like, oh, no, this sucks. So like one year later, they came out with the Saturn, I think. It's like, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like for a proper console, like a standalone console, I mean, the Jaguar was also a huge weird misstep that I feel like the ad campaign leading up to the Jaguar was longer than its life. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like uh, everybody was anticipating it and then it came out and they're like, yeah, we, we just have like four games. That's, I, I don't know. That's no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, where did you learn the game? Where did you learn the game? <laughs> anyway, let's let's wing this back to the PlayStation Two. Yes. Um, a much better uh, system. Much much better. Much better than the PlayStation Two. Much better than the Atari Jaguar. Yes, that that is a fact. Was was not one of the slogans they went with. I don't know. It was not, but it, it may as well have been because it's pretty true. Um. <laughs> yeah. Another neat thing about the PlayStation 2 um, that I actually utilized a lot, and I think a lot of other people did too, it had a built-in DVD player. Yes. For all you mm. kids out there, it's like Blu-rays from 20 years ago. <laughs> right. I mean, I think they still know what DVDs are, right? Do they? Uh, maybe. Yeah, but they, I still sell, I they still sell them at I, Walmart for like $3, right? I can't. I can't. More like 20 It's so crazy. <laughs> it's, but it's that so was funny, like a like, lot of... Yeah, go ahead. I'm just like, I, I wish DVDs were only three bucks now. Like, overall. Well, if you go in the bargain bin. Yeah, the bargain bin for sure. But, like, I wish I could <laughs> buy new movies. Not new I'd be ones, like, no. I'd be like, I, I'll, I will pay the $3 and only have it on DVD. Thank you. Yes. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I don't care. Yeah, you just go to, like, uh, Building 19 or whatever, or, like, uh, you know, the Dollar General, and you find, like, those uh, those boxes of DVDs, and you just pick one out. Oh, hey, this, this, the runtime of this DVD is the entire lifespan of the Jaguar. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Fancy not fucking the, that. Not, not counting the uh, lead-up marketing campaign. That was much Right, better. not like the FBI warning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, like, use that as, like, their DVD player. I mean, yes. I mean, obviously, there were standalone DVD players, but I never needed one because I was a gamer. I had a PS2, and the PS2 played DVDs just fine. Yeah, that was, yeah. like, the beginning of that being, like, your game system is now transitioning into your, like, home entertainment Multi-media. system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, which is unheard of. Yeah, it also played That's, compact yeah. discs, too, like, for our music and stuff, which yeah. the PS4 doesn't do. Right, yeah, your PS2 I, could literally play any, you know, media which, disc at the, the PS1 time. did. The PS1 did, right? Yes. I think you could play, yeah. It, it did, but it couldn't CDs. play movies. Audio yeah. CDs. Uh, yeah, yeah, not DVDs. Not this DVDs. is a PlayStation yeah. Black Disc. <laughs> this is a PlayStation Black Disc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that was just, like, unheard of because it, for, for the longest time, games were just game systems. Like, like game right. systems were only for, you know, younger people, kids. They'd go in the bedroom, whatever. But with the PS2 <laughs> and eventually the Xbox, like, you would, you would be able to play CDs. You'd be able to play movies and stuff yeah. on them. And, yeah, yeah. It, be, it became like, no, this is for the living room. The same yeah. for no fucking kid's bedroom. Right. Right. Same now at this point, bitch ass kid for the yeah, whole I mean, family, yo. At, at point, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, like the PS4 controls my whole entertainment life pretty yeah. much. 
yeah. everything connects through that. And I mean, you know, if you're an Xbox user or whatever, there's essentially that's what video game systems do now. Right. Yep. Yeah. All of it. It's All interesting. It, yeah. That was like kind of the start of it uh, as far as the, the DVDs went and stuff. Right. And it kind of makes sense, Very you know, cool. because they're, they're marketing to people who aren't necessarily gamers, but you know, okay, maybe somebody in the household will play a game, but at right, the very least yeah. it's an affordable Blu-ray player or, you know, what, whatever streaming box kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They're adding so, value to it. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Totes, totes and this was, you know, kind of like the, the spawn of that. Uh, and over the <laughs> lifespan of the system worldwide, it had over 3,800 games. Jesus, like that's a, nuts. absurd amounts. Does anybody yeah. own a complete collection of that? That doesn't seem. Feasible. I think in I, I think My in God. North America is like a little under two thousand. I think worldwide there's been like three thousand over three thousand eight hundred like unique games released for the system. That's insane. Jesus, it is. Fuck. It is fucking crazy. I actually heard uh, about a game for the PS2 I had never heard of just the other day. And I'm like, my God, how is this possible? It's not just a random game. It's like an RPG game with a composer I really like. Like, it's something I should have known about. Yeah. And I, and I literally just fucking never heard of it. And then I, I found it the other day. I'm like, oh, my God, that is so freaking crazy to me. Right. So much to unearth. So... Right. Let's let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, and let's talk let's about some it. of the games that we loved on this system. So, I shall go first, and the first game I would like to bring up is a game called Champions of Norath. Okay, I remember this game. Uh, yeah, it was um or Champions of Norath, uh, subtitled Realms of EverQuest, because it is part of the EverQuest universe. This game oh, was released. Cool. This game was released in February of 2004. It's an action RPG, very Diablo-esque. Uh, it did have like a adjustable camera, so it didn't have to be like isometric diagonal. It could be like directly, like you know, straight above you, or like you know, horizontal or whatever. However, you had a certain amount of freedom with the camera, so it wasn't fixed. Yeah. And there was like you know some like levels of zoom, but usually the default worked just fine for me anyway. Uh, developed by Snowblind Studios and published by Sony Online in North America. It was a, uh, yeah, I was going to I mean, I didn't play this when it first came out. It was probably like another 10 years after that in the mid 2010s when I actually got to playing this for the first time. And, and I, I enjoyed this game a lot, actually. I was, I was very happy with this. And then I, I know it spawned at least one sequel and there were two other games that were made with the same engine that were Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance 1 and 2. Oh, okay. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I played those. I don't think I played Champions of Norath. Uh, Dark Alliance, and just for the record, Dark Alliance 2 was, uh, it wasn't developed by Snowblind, it was developed by Black Isle Studios, so just want to get that out there. But I think it used the same engine, or just, you know, uh, just the same engine, and maybe, like, tweaked along the way of, like, whichever of the games came first or second, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the direct sequel, there was a direct sequel of Champions of North called Champions Return to Arms, which I also played, and also, like, I played all four of them, I liked them all, so, <laughs> hey, if you want some Hacking, slashing, loot and grabbing RPGs, man. These these games are definitely for you. you like if you like blunder. if you like arms and you want to yes. return to them, right? Boy oh boy, <laughs> have I got the game for you. <laughs> if you want to be a, a champion of Norath, play Champions of Norath. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. 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 Another cool yes. thing about this now now these particular things I never utilize because I'm a loser and have no friends. 
Uh, it had online capability that is, because that is the, both of the, I, I take umbrage with both of those things, but go ahead. <laughs> I appreciate I, that. But uh, PlayStation 2 did have some online capability, and you could play this game online. I mean, I'm sure the servers are down by now. But, uh, and I believe with a tap, you could have four-player co-op, which I would love to do even now. Because that game would be so rad playing with four players at once. Yeah. yeah Man, totally. I only knew three other pals I could play this game with. Mm. You'll never find them. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I uh, wish I actually I don't have my copies anymore. I mean, they're not stupidly expensive. I think uh, I recently looked it up on price charting. I think uh, a complete one is like 35 bucks. So not dirt cheap, but not like absurdly expensive. So I could, mm-hmm. I could reacquire it if I really, really, which I kind of do really want to. So I might end up doing that. Um, some of the classes this game had the barbarian warriors, which was usually the, the type of character I like to play in those ty- type of games. Cause I, do, I like to get up close personal and hit my enemies in the face with a weapon of some sort. That's just the way, the way I like to go. You're uh, bashful. Wood elf, yeah, I'm very bashful. <laughs> uh, wood, wood elf rangers, which is like the more like ranged attack characters with, you know, archery and stuff like that. High Elf Clerics, which had melee combat as well as some magical abilities, mostly for healing and damaging the undead. So I definitely played through the game with this class as well because you know, I, I kind of like using a little bit of magic, but mainly to heal myself. And eh, who doesn't like beating the shit out of skeletons? I mean, that's just, just all-around good-time family fun. So uh, is. That's why you always got to uh, stop them skeletons from fighting because they're always... That's they're always right. <laughs> yeah. That you got to fight them yourself. Uh, clavicles. I was going to say throat, but like, there's nothing really there. Yeah, they're really... <laughs> yeah. And, the, and the other two classes are erudite wizards, which, you know, wizardy, like magic users, I'm sure it's you know, pretty self-explanatory. Erudite. E-R-U-D-I-T-E, erudites. It's, erudite. That's how I'm assuming it's pronounced. Yeah, I think you're right. Eludite? I don't know. <laughs> That's the Japanese pronunciation. Maybe. The, the, the really Eludite. Eludite. Eludite is <laughs> Really horrible. I, I'd apologize, but I'm an asshole and I'm not sorry. It means having or showing and, great knowledge or learning. Right. Bullshit. Which, which we've all done right now except, except Boss Rush. Right, exactly. Which is, you know, he patently pretty, doesn't want to learn that. <laughs> you know, pretty standard fare. And the, and the last class is the Dark Elf Shadow Knight, which is by far the coolest sounding. It is. Oh yeah. And uh, I don't I don't remember playing much as them because I don't remember I don't think I liked playing as them. I think they were just kind of like a, a mesh between like the, the Rangers and the Wizards. And I'm like, I just want to hit something in the face with like up close and with something heavy. Fair. Fair. That's just my style. It's because you're so bashful. That's why. I am super bashful. So full of bash. I Hashtag am. boss rush bashful mode. <laughs> bash, bash, bashful, bashful yeah. bash rush mode. <laughs> yeah, I think it. that's it. Bash rush mode. Bash rush. Yeah. That's hard to say. Bash rush. That's hard bash to say. Stomp I mean, not, not just for mush mouth, but for any mouth. I still haven't said it correctly. Bash rush mode. There we go. That's right. Bash mode. rush <laughs> mode. Yes. Oh, but yeah, definitely nice if stuff. you're into the, the action RPG genre, definitely check that game out as well as um, Return to Arms and Baldur's Gate uh, Dark Alliance 1 and 2. Oh, actually, one other thing I do want to mention before moving on to the next person talking about their game. I do remember at the time of this release, of uh, or right before the release of the second game, uh, Return to Arms, a print ad 
back when there was magazines that talked about video games. Uh, and there was this, uh, you know, it's just it's like had a whole bunch of fire in the background, like a fiery explosion in the background. And there's this like a female warrior in like his gold bikini armor because, well, that's female armor in video games. It's basically metal bikinis. Mm-hmm. And she's like kneeling with a you know, sword. And she looked actually like ridiculously badass. But she was also like super freaking hot. Not just because of the fire behind her. It's because she was very attractive. And I just mm-hmm. remember noticing that quite a few times. Like, holy fuck, who is she? And then like, Better buy I never this paid, game. I never, I, no, I never paid attention to the game. I just remember remembered that the name of the game was like Champions Return to Arms, but I never actually played it until I played the first game. Like, oh yeah, it's that game that had that print ad that I like so much from like 10 years ago. I'm a big uh, fan. I am a, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So yeah. not exactly effective advertising as far as getting me to buy the game, but it definitely made me notice. And yeah. you remembered it. And it worked. So there's a, there, you there you go. So I, I did eventually buy the game. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let us move on to Nintendo. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Devil May Cry, yeah. um, which is a action-adventure hack-and-slash third-person shooter game developed by Capcom slash Ninja Theory, published by Capcom. Um, mm-hmm. is a, this is a game that... Um, one one of the very few games that I played on the system. I'm, I was like I was never a big, big into this system. Just never really played it. Um, yeah. But this is yeah, one that you had a you had a GameCube. Yeah, yeah, I had a GameCube. I mean, my my brother had the PS. He's Nintendo. So. He's of course, Nintendo. I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. He's not. He's not Joni. <laughs> Joni PlayStation. Show. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this is like when we started all, you know, deciding where our allegiances were. You're either the type of person who was just going to get everything anyway, right? <clears throat> or you were going to start to like pick your your direction because back in the Nintendo versus Sega days, you would have the same, and we've talked about this a lot of times on the show. You'd have the same license, like Batman the Animated Series, right? But yep. you could get. The version that's on uh, that's on the Genesis is nothing like the version that's on a Super Nintendo. It's a totally different game. Totally different game. But yeah. Now it's like if it comes out for one thing, most games come out for everything. There aren't. And it's the same thing. Users. It's the same game. And it's the identical same game. Yeah. Sometimes they would work a little bit better on one versus the other. But right. pretty much like with the Xbox and the PlayStation and Nintendo, people started to like kind of choose their allegiance. And you just right. went to, you've always stayed. Yeah, I stay with Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah. And I think a lot of people got the PlayStation 1 because that was like the new thing and that was a big difference and i think a lot of people maybe had the first one but maybe they just didn't continue like like you i mean you're not alone for sure but you know that that i think that should just be said you know it's just about you know hey you're a nintendo guy you always stuck with your your team and none right right exactly exactly i mean nothing Uh, nothing against no ps2 i just never really played it it wasn't like a right exactly it wasn't wasn't a personal wasn't a personal choice i just never actually had the system myself but my brother had it, and I did buy a couple games for it. Right. But not all of us had the money for a PS2 and a GameCube and a Philips yeah. CDI and a Panasonic 3DO and right. a Neo Geo. Right. Like, I mean, honestly, who has room for all that shit? Yeah, no kidding, right? I Only Bash, Bash Rush. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So yeah, I mean, Devil May Cry. I I believe my again my brother uh, bought this game. I watched him play it, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, I I love the character. Uh, what's his name? Yep. Fuck. 
Dante. Uh, Dante, Dante, thank you. Dante, uh, I, I love his character because he's legitimately funny. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I love the fact that uh, he, his, the combo system is amazing in this game. It is mm. so good. You can switch between like using your, your sword, doing like some crazy stylish combos, and then you can just switch on a fly using your, your gun, just blowing enemies away, and mm-hmm. switch to using like punches and kicks all in one freaking combo. It's very diverse. And, and you could like juggle enemies with your bullets right. and yeah. like keep them in the air with, and then jump the and time, attack. Oh my god, it was super cool. Yeah, you could time, either kill enemies, you could kill enemies with two punches, seven sword slashes, or 412 bullets. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, and at the time, that was unheard of. And to right. me, that was like, I mean, the story was good, but trying to pull off like the flashiest combo just really made the game for me. It's just, it was just so yeah. good. Um, I haven't really played much of the later ones. I, I know I played the second one and was hugely disappointed. I thought that, that game was, was freaking terrible. Yeah, so it's not, bad. not very good. Um, and I don't think I, I don't think I played three or four and definitely not five. Um, or the, 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 uh, the supposedly DMC. reboot DMC, yeah. like no, sorry, that's that's not Don't Make Cry. <laughs> yeah, so Seth, um, so saith everybody. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it looked cool, but no, it wasn't Don't Make Cry. Yeah, like I heard people said it played well, but it's like, so don't make it a Devil May Cry game, man. Like call it something right. else. Call like, it something else, right? Yeah, it's stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I love this game. I still love it, and uh, it's a very lengthy game. I feel. Um, I don't know how many hours exactly it is, but I don't know. I think I, it's a it's a very good game. It's it's excellent. It's definitely, it's I tough. think it's very it, yeah, it's very tough. And I do love the fact that it has some type of uh, RPG elements to it, where mm. you collect you collect uh, different types of orbs, and you can like level up your your weapons or your uh, learn new combos uh, and uh, triggers. You can turn into like a a demon later on in the game, which I think is really cool. And uh, you fight his father Sparta, which I think is pretty, pretty this cool. This is pretty, Sparta. I know. <laughs> I will. I will say that name is pretty dumb for a character. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like dumb. supposed to sound like Sparta, and then they just change right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that's pretty much my pick. Cool, cool. And I like. Uh, I think you you, you had mentioned awesome the combos before. You you would get ranked on how stylish you were too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Depending on how how many. Uh, how big your combo or how flashy your combo is, you get like some insane amount of orbs or something like that or points yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's been a while since I played it, but I don't, I don't exactly remember. It's been a while since I played it, but yeah. So these are the stylish rankings. So there's dull, cool, bravo, absolute or awesome, and then stylish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then they they got exceedingly crazy. Like by the time you were in Devil May Cry Five, you have dismal, crazy, badass, apocalyptic, savage, six skills in smoking, sexy style. So it's SSS or SSS? Yeah, exactly. The rank would technically be like SSS, but that they turned into an acronym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah, great, great right. character has definitely uh, become one of the more recognizable video game characters, I think. Right. And I, uh, I also have to say, man, did I love playing as him in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Yeah, he yes. was so cool. Yes. Oh, really, man. really enjoyed me some Dante. In that yeah, game. Oh. for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, yeah, he fit perfectly. 
he fits perfectly in, in the fighting game. Yeah. It's, it's oh yeah. So yeah. my my team was my team was always Dante, Wolverine, and X twenty three in that game. Dante's and, uh, in fur, yes. Oh. In fur, <laughs> in fur, yes. Yeah. Yes. In fur, sure. You you bet believe <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Parasite Steve, won't you give us uh, some verbiage on one of the games you wanted to talk about tonight? Or a few. Oh, I, I definitely know. will. But uh, yeah, I'll give you a few. I'll give you a few words. All right, cool. Um, but before I do that, before I Go do ahead. that, I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to actually sneak this in the beginning and then uh, the, the segment got away uh, and that's fine. So I just want to, I just want to say this. We were talking about how the PlayStation 2 had over 3000 games. So I looked up some of the other systems that were around at the time as you were talking. And mm. I just want to read off some of the other systems, uh, <clears throat> the contemporaries. So the GameCube, which was a competitor system, right? I mean, that was... Right. Yeah, yeah. That was same, same that was Sixth, sixth yep. generation, I believe. So you're talking over 3,000 games for the PS2. The GameCube, which is put out by, by Nintendo and did have some of the same games. Like I know we were talking about this. Joe, you were a big fan of the Prince of Persia games. That were oh, on. yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you, but you played them on... On the, the game GameCube, game yeah, specifically. Right. So there were some of there was some of that. Like you did yeah, sticking yep. with Nintendo didn't mean you got none of the games that were on the other systems. Yeah, but there were only five hundred and fifty-five games on the game. Oh my wow. god, <laughs> that's a lot less. That's a lot less. Isn't that yeah. insane? Okay, uh, the Sega Saturn, two fifty-eight. Okay, I'm actually hmm. surprised there's that many. Yeah. You guys want yeah, you guys want to take a wild stab at the Jaguar? Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's going to be like 20. Let, so I'm, let's I'm do say, let's, let's okay. do prices right rules, okay? Okay, 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 okay. okay. I'm ready. Okay, so we'll just without going over. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um 41. Okay. Okay, I'll 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 say 35. Okay. I I'm going to stick with No, you know, you know what? No, I'll I'll go with my number 25. Okay, well, Boss Rush wins it. it. There was actually 50 games on the Jaguar. Oh, wow. Oh, that's like nothing. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, it still sounds like, how can there be 50 games? I can't think of 10. Right. Like, I know. Still, like, uh, like for an entire system, even the Sega Saturn, which feels like a flash-in-the-pan system. I mean, obviously, 32X right. has different, slightly different rules. You know, because yeah. it, it really wasn't a true system, but so yeah, that's probably yeah. got to have way less. But like, but the Sega Saturn still had two hundred and fifty-eight games, which Dude, is still Sega, not a lot. But the Dreamcast to the had more games than the GameCube. Oh, I didn't look Dreamcast up. The Dreamcast had Dreamcast had six hundred and twenty. Wow, how is wow. that possible? How is that and, possible? And, and how much? And how much was how much was PlayStation? Three thousand two ninety nine. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have this information. Or, yeah, I, know how much, I don't remember how much the first PlayStation released for, but. <clears throat> but uh -huh. Well, um, well, I'm blibbity blabbing. One of you guys can look it up if you want. But uh, let me, uh, let me just uh, mention my first game, which is a game that is near and dear to my heart. It is Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and this, uh, this game was actually the third Mua! in the series. Yeah, Mua, Mua as the kids <laughs> said at the time, and nobody says anymore. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a really really fun game. Um, so the first one was X Men Legends one, then they made X Men Legends two, and then it really like everybody said just like come on guys do the same thing, but for all of Marvel, it's like the most natural progression, and it became Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Um, 
I think that um, all three games had merit, but I think that the second X-Men Legends was where the series started to get great. And Marvel Ultimate Alliance literally just did everything that made X-Men Legends 2 great, except you could be all these other characters. And um, I think it's one of my favorite Marvel games of all time, easily um, maybe my number one. It really is such a freaking fun game. It is a game I played over and over. I played it to death. Um, there are sequels. There are, you know, they made two and three came out like last year or the year before or something like that. Uh, they're just different. They're just not like this game. And what made it great, so it's an action role-playing game, so it's, you know, top-down. And the newer games are like not at all top-down. And that's one of the things that I think they got wrong. You had mm. a team of four characters you could create out of all these different, all these tons of different characters, big roster in this game. And I'll get to that in a minute. But you basically had this really, really easy to use gauge on the left side of the screen. And it was just the cardinal directions of the D-pad. And you would just assign a character to each direction. And you're going through it as a one-player game. Now, you can play uh, like local co-op. But, you know, if you want to control the team yourself, it's a totally great one-player game. Uh, like if you have no friends, you know, like I'm not saying I didn't have any friends. I mean, I had, I had like some, but like, you know, if, I mean, if you didn't, if you're like one of those people, I, maybe, rem- yeah. I, re- I remember thinking I had a friend. Yeah. I mean, I thought you're I, like, if you're like Bass Rock, I'm Bass waiting for Rock you guys to stand up and say, but, but that's, uh, that's fine. Um, so, um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so you would eat very easily just press whichever direction on the D pad you want. And you could just switch to that character and the characters, when you weren't playing as them, they were just NPCs. And uh, it was all very cooperative. It was all very fun. Different characters could do different types of things. And uh, like, for instance, um, there would be gaps. There would be like a big gap with no bridge. And so you're like, all right, well, how do you, how do you get across this? Well, either all your team members can fly, or I think that the flying characters could actually pick up one character at a time, I think. I'm pretty sure that that works. Or there are characters that could actually make bridges out of things. Like, for instance, Spider-Man could make a bridge out of webbing. Or Iceman could make an ice bridge to get you across there. So you started to get used to, like, you know, you'd learn the different things that the characters could do. And they had practical, like, neat things like that that would affect the environment as well as just, you know, powers that would attack. Um, And sometimes it would be one and the same. Like, Iceman's main ice blast would make a bridge if you shot it across a gap. Like the game was smart enough and it, and it knew to just do that. So it wasn't a separate thing. It just felt great. It worked so freaking perfectly. And uh, having it be top down, it's like you couldn't see the characters up close, granted, but it really allowed you to explore the environment. So it looked, like, it looked very much like Gauntlet Legends. That's what it always reminded me of. Right, yep, <clears throat> yeah, totally. Yep. And it was really, really fun to explore these areas. You know, the, the levels were vast. And they weren't just like hallways. They were these vast, explorable areas. There was a lot of different ones. They would take you to all these corners of the Marvel, the Marvel Universe. I guess in all, there was over, like almost 300 Marvel characters are in the game in total. Not playable necessarily, but in it. And, uh, you know, you interact with different people. And that's also counting the villains, obviously, too. So there's a lot of mini bosses as well as the big bosses and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a game that I loved, like, finding stuff. And I'd go back and you could, like, you had a home base. 
and you could like, I think it was like the shield helicarrier or something. And you would go and you'd be able to like check the levels and see what you missed. And you know, there's lots of collectibles, very much a collectathon. Um, but uh, I will say it was released on October 24th, 2006. And it was, um, <clears throat> it came out for the PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 3, Xbox, Xbox 360, and I guess it came out for a bunch of the handhelds too that were at the time. It was developed by Raven Software and published by Activision. And I, you know, it's for an Activision game that is based on a freaking license. I mean, those are those are numerous and often terrible. And yeah. mm-hmm. this game is easily one of my favorite games on the PS2. Um, but uh, anyway, I'll, I'll just go down the list of characters real quick. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The story, the story was cool. I love the story so much. It was, the, the deal was, it was Dr. Doom was the main villain. And he had, he was like working on some plan and they didn't know what it was for like half the game. And then it was like, he assaulted Asgard and stole Odin's power, which is called the Odin Force. So, the Odin Force is like widely regarded as one of the big Marvel powers, just like the Phoenix Force or whatever. Mm-hmm. And legitimately, like Doom stole the Odin Force, which would never happen in a comic. It's absurd, but he was like a god. And he was it was just turned into Doom turning his, you know, invincible sights on 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 the world, and all the heroes had to come together to try to fight him and stuff. And there were these amazing cutscenes and and stuff and uh, i talked about uh, a couple weeks ago i talked about the wolverine game and how the uh the movie the cinematics in that game were really great and it was done by the same company who did the cinematics for x-men legends 2 and also marvel ultimate alliance 1 they were really really great at the time and uh they're fun to just look up on on youtube for sure there's an amazing nightcrawler one nightcrawler is not playable but he's my favorite character and he was playable in the in the x-men games but they devoted an, an entire uh, movie to him and there's only like five movies in the whole game and he got his yeah, own where so he was actually cool. infiltrating uh, like Castle Doom and it's just it's absolutely like just it's just Nightcrawler porn it's just Nightcrawler porn it's just <laughs> the best thing ever um, just him being awesome not sexy but awesome Bam. Maybe, maybe both yeah he's a Bamf for sure um, <laughs> so anyway uh, the characters the playable characters are uh, oh yeah, so I'll say I'll list the characters and certain characters. It was kind of fun. Everybody got four costumes in this game, and I love the way the costumes worked. You'd uh, get the first two by just playing as that character for X amount of minutes or whatever, or maybe getting levels or something. So you could just the longer you played as that character, you'll be rewarded in that way. Uh, no, uh, costume number three, you would have to find somewhere in the world. It was uh, just a collectible somewhere. That's costume number four, you'd have to get by everybody. Another collectible thing was uh, there were these danger room discs in the X-Men Legends games, and they translated into something similar. It was like the Shield Simulator disc, I think it was called. Mm. And, uh, and it basically put you into a single-player mission with one character. So it's like, oh, you found the Doctor Strange simulator. Okay, cool. So then you plug that back in at the, at the Shield base, and you play his mission. And it was a difficult mission that you would get graded on. And it was like, you know, how, how accurate your attacks were, how much life you have left, how quickly you did it, all these things. And you would get a like ABC type grade. And you have Super to get, sparkly sexy. Yeah, super sparkly <laughs> sexy. That, that would get you the costume. Like yeah. the final, if you get the best rating, that would get you their fourth costume. So I was literally playing this game 
for the longest time because there's just so much to do. And I love Marvel and it's just such a fun game. It just plays well um, and stuff like that. So that was a, a fun way, I think, of getting costumes rather than, say, buying them or something. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I love, but I like getting rewarded just for playing as them for the first two. I think that was really cool. It's like, if yeah, you like totally. this character long enough, cool. So what they did was certain characters, actually, they would, they would sneak in like another character as one of the costumes. Like if it made oh, okay. sense. Um, so I'm going to mention those two. Um, so right. Captain, uh, Captain America, obviously. And uh, this, is, oh, this also holds a distinction of the first time I enjoyed Captain America in any way, shape or form. I've always hated Captain America. I love Chris Evans as Captain America, but I never liked him before right. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1, and it was because I loved actually playing as him. His S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff was so fun. I was like, I literally almost felt dirty. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I love playing as Captain America. <laughs> and it's so right. funny thinking back to that point because now the move of the, the MCU version, the freaking Chris Evans, like he's one of my favorite characters ever, ever. I just love him so much. But like back in the day, I just couldn't stand the character. I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. this guy is a uh, lame But anyway, so Captain America, uh, one of his costumes was the, the like black Captain America, US agent was one of mm-hmm. his costumes. Then there's uh, Deadpool, Electra, the Human Torch, Iceman, the Invisible Woman. Um, Iron Man, and one of Iron Man's costumes was War Machine, obviously. Yep. Uh, Luke Cage, Mr. Fantastic, uh, Ms. Marvel, who is now known as Captain Marvel, same character, Carol Danvers, uh, and she had an alternate costume, which is another uh, blonde lady who who went by the name of Ms. Marvel for a time. Uh, Sharon Ventura is the character, but it's really a shame that they didn't use um, the character of Monica Rambeau, who's like the black um captain marvel now like and it was ms marvel mm. and she's also been known as photon um that was kind of a definite misstep they they should have done um uh, they definitely should have done rambo uh spider-man he also has uh the scarlet spider which is technically a different character it was his clone uh ben riley and uh spider woman actually had two different characters because there aren't that many spider woman costumes uh, at least at the time <laughs> there's like the classic 60s red and yellow which i actually love that costume was her main mm. one. And then there's two other characters. One's uh, the Julie, Ca- Julie Carpenter version, who she, she was the one from the Iron Man cartoon show. And she, she has like or- long orange hair instead of black. And she looked more like a Venom costume. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's like dark blue, but like the, the white Venom spider. And she had white boots. And so that was her. And there's also this other character, Spider Girl. I don't even know anything about her. Um, Storm, the thing. Thor, who had my favorite alternate costume, which was Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. And coming in last, because he's alphabetic, because this is an alphabetical list, Wolverine. So, you know, you had a nice smattering of all different corners. You had all four Fantastic Four, which is good. Definitely can't leave anyone out. You got to do all four. You know, just few Avengers, few just random characters like Spider-Man and, uh, you know, a handful of X-Men. And then there were unlockable characters that were totally, you know, again, unlockable in the game, not DLC. Uh, right. Uh, Black Panther and Blade uh, and Daredevil. I think those three, if I remember correctly, there were like action figures you would find. And if you collected all four or five or whatever action figures, you got to play as the character. I'm pretty sure. That's cool. Um, I know that's for sure what they did with Blade 
and Black Panther. I feel like Daredevil was like that too, but I could be wrong on Daredevil because there were other characters that got unlocked along the way with the story. And then they would join okay. you. It was, so there was also Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, who uh, wasn't riding on his bike all the time, but he would use it. Wait, you know, the, the Capcom character? Go Strider? No, Ghost the, Rider. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, the, the, the early, or the late 90s. What was that? I don't even know when this show came out. The, uh, the show about the, the ghost who would write books, Ghost Rider. Oh, <laughs> Ghost oh, Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I always oh. get confused. Um, but so Ghost Rider, it was kind of funny because he would like just be walking around and you're like, dude, you got to ride your bike like all the time. And he's like, he's like, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work for this game. I but uh, <laughs> I think he used it for, uh, for some of his moves or something, but he had costumes. He had a, a, a character called Vengeance, who was like a demon, more demonic looking purple skull version of Ghost Rider. And also the, uh, the Phantom Rider, which is like the cowboy one. Okay. Um, and uh, Nick Fury and Silver Surfer. So those were all of the unlockable characters. All together, all those I think are about 23 or so. Um, and mm-hmm. then the Xbox 360 and PS3 got uh, two extra characters just, just by buying it on the system. They came with two extras, which were, they were both so random. Like of all two characters, you're like, uh, Colossus, okay, mm-hmm. and X-Man, just, okay, we'll do Colossus, and Moon Knight. So I was like, oh, okay. I love Moon Knight. Okay. I'm super psyched nice. to buy Moon Knight. So I, but it's, it's just such a weird combination of like right. Moon Knight. Um, then it turns out Xbox 360, and I do remember this, uh, not the PS3, only the Xbox 360 came out with a DLC pack with even more guys. Oh. Jeez. Oh, wow. And finally Son in there, bitch. finally in there was my beloved Nightcrawler. I'm like, I remember at the time being so fucking pissed that uh, I couldn't get him because I didn't have the 360 version. It's like, why did you do it for both, you assholes? Right. right. Both got Colossus uh, and Moon Knight, you, sh- you shits. Uh, you shit you ass. Fucking, you shit ass. I'm so the, those characters were, <laughs> <laughs> those characters were Cyclops, Hulk, like, why wasn't Hulk in the main roster? What the fuck? That's right. super no weird. Kidding. Yeah, what yeah. the hell? Nightcrawler. And then there were four villains. You actually got to be Doctor Doom, Magneto, Sabretooth, and Venom. All super fucking fun ones. Like, oh, Yeah, jeez. So but anyway, so uh, tons of characters in this game. Really fun game. I think I've said it all. Uh, I do have one final anecdote that I had to share. Uh, mm. Leading up to this game, I was really anticipating it, and... Uh, <clears throat> there was a cost there, uh, contest that was going on yes. on the website. And <laughs> so it was, uh, you, you could send in a tape of yourself um, auditioning for, if you were a girl, they, you were auditioning for Jean Grey. And if you were a guy, you were auditioning for Namor, the Submariner. And th- both of those characters were not going to be playable. They, were, they said that. They're, they're very minor. They're only in the game a small amount. It's just like they're in some certain level each or whatever, and they have like just a few lines of dialogue, so they decided it would be fun. Let's give it away to, to fans. And um, so I, I recorded myself on a big, bulky fucking camcorder that I had and literally <laughs> mailed in a VHS tape. That's how long ago this was. Fucking glorious. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, this was 2006. This was not 1986. I know, doesn't that feel right. like there's no way in hell that after the 2000s, anybody <laughs> so, had so a VHS. Funny. Oh my God, yeah. can you imagine? So oh. funny. So, so I literally, I, I, 
I remember I was in my first apartment that I was, uh, when I moved out of my, my childhood home, I was in this first like postage stamp apartment and <clears throat> I bought a, uh, Submariner poster to put on the wall as my backdrop. And I recorded this like one line of dialogue that they gave you to say. And so it turns out nobody got hired. They right. went with oh like a professional God. voice act. <laughs> so funny. They're like, these, oh, aren't, wow. these aren't, we can't use it. It's so funny. But like what they did do that was cool was they put um, as like um, an extra for the game. Oh, yeah, a, bonus. A, yeah, as a bonus section, there's like some videos you can actually go in there and see, and there's some production stuff. There is actually a video of all the all different clips that people sent in uh, yeah. auditioning for the game. So if you happen to have a copy <laughs> of the original Marvel Ultimate Alliance for your PS2, uh, maybe it's on YouTube. I don't actually know. It but, might uh, be. There is a there is actually a clip of me doing um doing yeah. doing Submariner Alliance. Yeah. Parasite of Steve himself. Yeah. On your PlayStation 2. <laughs> I know. I thought it was the craziest fucking thing. It's so funny because when that came out, I wasn't the first person I knew to buy it. Somebody, I can't remember who, but somebody else bought it first. And they're like, oh my God, dude, you're in this. Steve, I'm like, you're in this game guy. You're like, like no. What do you mean? <laughs> How is that impossible? How's that a sentence you just said? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was, that was pretty rad. Yeah. Pretty fun. Oh. Anyway, oh, there, there, awesome. there, there's Mua. Somebody else go. <laughs> yes, eight bit alchemy. Uh, try following that magnificence up. Yeah, I don't think I can, so I won't. Uh, but anyway, I will. Uh, I will just talk about uh, one of the games that I really liked on uh, uh, PS2, which was Wild Arms Three. Uh, so, I mean, those of you who've heard me talk at all before about games, I like RPGs. I like JRPGs. I like me some Final Fantasies and some Dragon Quest and all that crap. Um, but back on the PlayStation, there was a, a series of RPGs that started up called Wild Arms, and they were really cool because they kind of mixed a Western, like, cowboy aesthetic and, and music with, you know, a traditional Final Fantasy-style RPG game. And uh, It was like Western steampunk. Yeah, it was like Western steampunk. Yeah. You know, there was lots of, you know, magic and, and things like that, but also, you know, horses and ranches and farms and just like, oh you my. know, Western shit. And it was, it was mm. cool and novel. Yeah. Uh, and so I got really into Wild Arms 2 and had played through that game and, and enjoyed it a lot. And then I saw um, back in the day when Sony would actually just randomly send out demo discs in the mail to like, you know, people who had been either like a member of PlayStation magazine or whatever. Like, I think these must have been being sent to you, Steve, because this just like showed up in the mail. Like, I don't, I don't remember like doing anything to get the demo but i remember getting what they had these like long envelopes that had the cover art of the game and it was like here's the demo disc for this game and so i i was super excited i couldn't believe they were doing like another wild arms game because they seemed kind of obscure you know it didn't seem like you know it got a sequel which was crazy in the first place so the fact they were doing a third one was nuts um, but yeah, after playing the demo, I was like super excited to play this and I couldn't wait for it to come out. And, uh, so it, it, it came out in uh, October of 2003. Um, the company who made it is called media vision 
And uh, actually, you can play it now on the uh, PS4 much easier. They did, uh, Sony released a handful of PlayStation 2 games uh, slightly remastered on the PS4. Um, and Wild Arms 3 was one of the ones that made the cut. And uh, yeah, there's a little bit better graphics, a little bit uh, more, uh, there's like trophies that you can unlock now and stuff, which is super cool. Um, but yeah, so the, the game is neat because it starts out... Um, Kind of, all of the games in the series start out with you being able to choose like which of the main characters you want to follow the story of first. And then, you know, you basically go through each one. They have like an introductory chapter. And then once you've cleared all their introductory chapters, then it kind of like, you know, furthers the story and brings all those characters together. And then you have, you know, your party of three or four people or whatever. Um, so that, that works. What the really hell is going on? Yeah, who's who's microwaving <laughs> shit? It's like, uh, sorry, I just uh, ferret duty. Oh, okay. Ferret duty. Ferret duty. Interrupting ferrets are excused. We forgive. <laughs> I, I, I meant to hit the I meant to hit the mute button. I must have missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie! What the hell's going on? <laughs> um. But yeah, so I mean, not to go too long into the game, but it, it, it is a very neat way for them to start things off where you kind of, you know, have your one character and then you see each one of their sides of the story and then you, you all party up together and go on, you know, your big adventure. Uh, the things in the game that I found, you know, to be really stand out is, uh, you know, you, as you progress through the game, you eventually unlock, you know, different modes of transportation. In Wild Arms 3, you can unlock a horse and uh, all of your characters get the horse. And if you run into an enemy while on horseback, you actually fight them on horseback. Like you're actually moving, you know, through the desert. It's almost like you're on like this constant, uh, you know, chase scene. Mm. Um, and that was just like a really neat element that they did. It was, you know, purely aesthetic, but it's, it's really right. cool. Yeah. And then um, they also later on, this was the first game that you could really go like, like I said, there's a lot of magic and there's a lot of technology and stuff like that in the games. Um, the first two games had like these creatures called golems that were like these big ancient, you know, kind yes. of artificial that. creatures that were super cool. Um, and because th- it the- had that same thing with, with um, Final Fantasy that like there was lost civilization but the lost civilization was more advanced than the current one. Right, which is super neat. So it's I like, like that this technology we don't have anymore. Yeah, and they're just and like so buried in the mountains. Like, and- yeah, so they look like ancient. They're covered in vines and rust, and they're like, you know, a thousand years old, but it's this like technological wonder we don't know how to make today. Right. And so, like, the, the stories typically will revolve around, you know, some aspect of that kind of technology. Um, but in this one, you actually, like, the world of Wild Arms 3, they always take place in Phil Gaia. Like, that's always the name of the planet that you're on in Wild Arms games. But uh, this one, you actually were able to get, like, a humongous, uh, like, mech, uh, like, sand ship like there's vast amounts of desert and so you would get like a sand surfer thing that was just this huge battleship and you would use it to traverse parts of the world like you would a normal you know like pirate ship kind of thing but rather than going over the water you're going over the ocean the like sand ocean and the the super cool thing with that is like you could customize those you could do a lot to upgrade it and uh when you got into battles in in the huge ship you would fight like these fucking massive 
awesome monsters that were like you know on par with your ship and the battle system changed it up and it was it was cool and it was unheard of for the series and honestly like it's one of those games that just it does sort of tend to get overlooked but it's got a really great art style it's got like cell shading but it's done in a way that i really liked it and um the music oh, the is- later ones did the first one doesn't no but the third one is which i'm talking about oh sorry yeah, um, yeah I think so this- oh you're right that started with the third one the right. cell shading yeah, right yeah. Mm-hmm. right um so the you know just the look and feel of the games are really great i mean it is at the end of the day it's a turn-based role-playing game um but one of the other things about the game that sets it apart um and i'll probably you know end off here is when you're exploring and walking around in dungeons uh you can switch between any one of your four characters at a time and normally like in games where they let you do that, it's sort of just for looks, for fun. Like, oh, I'll just walk around as whichever character I like. But uh, in the Wild Arms games, every character has their own like independent set of tools that they can use on the world map. And so the, the games are very heavy on puzzle solving. Like, I think that the dungeons and the puzzles and stuff in Wild Arms games are second to none. I think that, like, Final Fantasy games for a long time haven't had, like, super interesting dungeons. And same with Dragon Quest and, like, a lot of games like that. But um, Wild Arms has always had really clever puzzles that you had to figure out. And you really, it makes you think about, okay, which character do I want to be right now? Who has the right tool? You know, this guy can set bombs. This person can light torches. This one's got a boomerang that could maybe hit a switch from far away. And then they kind of just like mutate off of that and, and try to combine all that stuff together. So I love this game and I loved it back in the day. And I actually not super long ago started replaying it on the PS4. And yeah, it's just as good. It honestly holds up really well. So I would, I would, highly recommend checking it out on the ps4 if you have that um because the ps2 version is hard to come by but yeah yeah yeah, definitely a great game nice nice very cool yeah i mean i I, for the longest time i just didn't play turn-based rpgs and i've gotten more into them over the last 10 or so years but wild arms is definitely one i've been meaning to get into i just haven't yet so right I've always I remember watching Parasite Steve, you know, play the first one back in the day, and you know, it always looked kind of fun. And the the music in that game was like freaking spectacular, especially that so, opening. Yeah, game. Yeah. So Ooh, good! Oh, sends chills right down your spine. It does it's so freaking? Oh, it's good. so good. Yeah, the uh, way that those tool tools work and everything, the way it, it does have that feeling of like a link to the past. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it really it, feels like you know a link to the past if that had turn based battles. It's right. a really good way of kind of getting getting you in the headspace of what this game's kind of like. Yep, right. Absolutely. All right. Well, I am going to <clears throat> clear my throat. Mm. I'm start <laughs> talking about best game ever. Uh, no, definitely not. Um, <laughs> Let him clear his throat. <laughs> I'm going to talk about my personal favorite PlayStation Two game, and that is God Hand. It mm. was released in the, uh, October, rather, October 10th of 2006, developed by Clover Studios, published by Capcom. It's a 3D action beat-em-up. Uh, and it was, uh, the director was Shinji Mikami, who is uh, pretty popular for his work in the Resident Evil series. Wow, I did not by, realize he did that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this, this game just did not have any fanfare when it first came out. It was released about two months before the PS3 even launched. So it had that going against it. And uh, 
another like I think it was um shortly after like a week after the re-release of Okami, which was developed by the same team actually. Oh, oh yeah, okay. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but it was like a remake because the, the original game was released a year before, but it was like a just a redone version or something. And it was like a week before God Hand came out, and then they were like Final Fantasy twelve came out like a, shortly after that. So this thing had like everything going against it. And uh, it did not do very well financially. As a matter of fact, Clover Studios was shut down three days after the U.S. release of this game. Oh, ouch. So this would be the last game. didn't even get a chance to grow or anything. It's like, fuck it, we're we're stopping. Holy shit. But, uh, so that was the last game Clover Studios obviously made. But a lot of people who are in Clover Studios went on to uh, create Platinum Games, which is going strong to this day. Very strong. (laughs) So... The spirit still lives on, at least. So that that's yeah. pretty cool, I think. Uh, and uh, IGN infamously gave this game a three out of ten, which they've kind of walked back a little. I mean, you, you still go on IGN. I think it's it's still a three out of ten, but they've made like another review in defense of God Hand, and then uh, in their top one hundred PS2 games, God Hand is actually listed at at number one hundred. Oh, nice. <laughs> 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 it's like oh, it's it's easy to con- you know, it's easy to see why this game might be terrible under its rough exterior, but uh, but there's actually a really good game in here. It's like oh yeah okay, way to backpedal. Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but this game it's it's just got some like wacky friggin' zany humor, uh, and it's it's a product of its time. It's like I said, like the you know 2006, and it's a lot of. But a lot of things it says and does that you know could be considered not so nice today. I mean, that you do fight like a, it's like a like a, a boss, but it's like you know five little people, but they're called the the Mad Midget Five. So yeah, so not 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 something that's particularly aged well. And then of course like the first <laughs> right, boss two, right, right. Uh, the first boss is like these uh these pair of characters. Let's just call them very flamboyant. And uh, okay. it's just it's. It's just it's just fucking zany as fucking hell. Oh, and um, I guess the main the main four bosses were called like the four divas, and one of them is just a giant fat like Elvis who always smokes cigars. <laughs> it's just, because why not? It, it, it's friggin' God Hand because it's just right. because shit. friggin' God Hand, Ted. Right. It's just you never know what to expect from this game. Uh, it also has poison chihuahuas. Because that's awesome. <laughs> what? There's actually like a like a, a casino section of the game where you can earn money and uh, buy moves. It actually had a pretty cool like a uh, fighting system where you can actually like make your own combos. You, you'd either have to collect the moves or purchase the moves with the money and whatnot. But then you could actually like go through this like six or seven like move deep combo like customizable combo. Oh, that's that was pretty cool. rad. Yeah, I thought that was really awesome actually. Because a lot of enemies, I mean. Obviously, some attacks will work more. A lot of enemies blocking there are like block breaking moves, and then there's other like defensive moves, whatever. In this game, you can't block, which I want. I actually want to bring up. You can like shimmy and duck and dodge, and it's not like you know a big huge roll dodge. It's just like you know he stands on his feet and he just kind of shifts his head back and forth like bobbing and weaving. So this game okay. really <laughs> encourages you to get up and close, like hand to hand combat. I mean, you can pick up, like, weapons, like, you know, boxes and, like, pipes and stuff like that and, like, barrels. But for the most part, they want you to get up close and personal with, um, with, with the baddies here. And uh, the thing that is interesting about this game, it has, like, a level system. It uh, mm-hmm. goes from level 1, 2, 3, 4, and die. 
But leveling up doesn't level up your character. It levels up the enemies. So the enemies become harder the better you play. Oh, so, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's so right. So it's like yeah. to balance, like, oh, okay, you're a very skilled player. We got to make the game harder. Right, exactly. So, yeah, so when you get to, like, higher levels, they do more damage, they take more damage, more of them will just more apt to, like, gang up on you at the same time and just shit like that. <laughs> that is um, so weird. Yeah, know, this, yeah. This, game, this game pulls no punches, so to speak. It is a pretty friggin', you know, rough and tough game, but it's fair. I mean, you get, you, once you learn it and you get used to, you know, how it works, on, on paper, it sounds like it would be terrible. Okay, like, a. 3D beat 'em up with tank controls and like no blocking. It's like what the f is this? But it works. <laughs> it just fucking works. Yeah. And um, I think the main thing that I liked about because I remember seeing the ad for it and it just had this little bit of a Fist of the North Star flavor to it. I mean, it's got nothing mm-hmm. to do with Fist of the I North could Star, see but, just, that. Like, mm. but the aesthetic just kind of like clicked that and triggered that in my brain. Like, oh, okay, this this kind of sounds pretty neat. And I ended up getting that for like Christmas. That that Christmas when it was released, or like a couple months after it was released, I ended up getting it for Christmas. So I'm like, oh, cool. And I I still have the game today. And apparently, the complete game is worth like 120 bucks. Huh. I'm like, what? Which is when, when is this game worth anything? I mean, I'm, right. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's glad it's kind of made a resurgence at least in the past couple of years. So that's that's pretty cool. And then there are people out there that legitimately love this game, and they like. They bash IGN for giving it like the low score. So I mean, people haven't forgotten that. So yeah. But, but uh, oh man, I played the crap out of this game. And and the ending credits, you don't even you know. I mean, obviously you you play the game, you beat the game, you get the satisfying you know gratification of beating it. You just just watch, go to YouTube and watch this ending. Like the ending credits, like the whole dance sequence. It's it's just fucking bonkers and worth the price of admission all by itself. <laughs> uh, Stars, wasn't another, wasn't. Wasn't there a boss battle in this that was uh, like Power Rangers? Yeah, that's the Mad Midget Five. Oh, okay, okay. Right. They all had like they were all like you know different colors, and they all like kind of represented like you know suits from a, a deck of cards, except for Joker, who's not a suit. Okay. But uh, he yeah, not a suit. Was, uh, what do we do? Yeah. Another one. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I wish. But um, another cool thing about like the gameplay that you had this thing called a roulette wheel. And uh, you trigger it, and it would, you know, give you like a whole a choice of moves to, to do. Some of them you'd like do some sort of dragon kick, and it would literally kick the guy into the stratosphere and like way out of the fucking universe or whatever. It's just <laughs> absolutely fucking bonkers. And there's another one called the Ball Buster, which only works on male characters. <laughs> you, you do it, you do it to a female go. character, and she's like, yeah, whatever. It's like, all right, I still think <laughs> it might bother someone if you kick them in the groin, no matter who they are, but. It's just yes, the right. goofy fun that, that is God hand. Yes. Oh, yes. Man. And oh, That's speaking good. of that, um, that casino-ish place where you uh, can just do like typical casino games to earn money, there are ch- chihuahua races that you can bet on. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow. So uh, this game is, I highly recommend this. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. So you got you to gotta, you know, put, uh, put a little bit of time into it if you want to get good at this game. Um, Actually, there's this. I mean, there weren't achievements back then in PlayStation, but uh, I know uh, early in the first level, you get a kick me sign pinned to you, and uh, it just it you know it, as soon as you use like a roulette wheel weapon or you get hit, it falls off. There is like a 
a bonus you get. I, I maybe it's like fan, uh, not fan art, like a concept art or something, or something from the original PS2 game. If you go through the entire game and don't get it knocked off, you get like a bonus of some sort. I forget what oh it is, but it's God. some ludicrous friggin' thing that you can't get hit from that point forward. And you get that thing pretty early in the game too. It's not like right right at the beginning. I think it's probably like maybe like five or ten minutes in, but it's super early in the game. You can't use your roulette wheel. You can't get hit. You go through the whole game with a kick me sign on your friggin' back, and you just have bragging rights because holy fuck, that's like impressive if you can do that. Right. Oh god. God. I mean, that's... it's not getting David Jaffe's phone number in God of War, but it's still pretty neat. <laughs> right. right. That, that was awesome. <laughs> oh man. So, and you guys ever play this game? No, I've only watched you play it. I played yeah. it at your yeah, house. Yeah, I watched once. you. I remember. I remember watching. Well, maybe you play I, this maybe and, I uh, have played it. Now I think about it, I do remember it being like really weird. Yeah. Oh, as far as like, like con- controls, as far as controls go, yeah. Like, oh, that, I thought that, that was too. really weird. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I haven't played and much yet. And he runs like a goober too. That's just yeah. Just he runs. That's like that's the one of the main things I remember is the way how he <laughs> ran. Like if he like ran really fast, he really looked. It's like watching the, the, like the Benny Hill thing. Yeah, yeah. Just play the game for that and you're good. Yeah, it's it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, Paris, I see you about to say something. Yeah, I just remember that even at the time when this came out, like as you were talking about, it came out with no fanfare. Um, yeah, I had never heard of it. You just yeah. had to, I don't know how you discovered this game, but I, I saw remember. the ad and I thought it looked cool. And then oh. uh, my parents must have heard me say it and they got it for me that Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's funny because you're just like, oh, this game got hand, like out of freaking nowhere. So that's just one of those games that I, I very, very much associate with one person, and that's obviously you. But yeah, I've never, never played it. Yeah, uh, it's 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 fun, but you got to be prepared to take some punishment, and that's yeah. for sure. It, it's yeah. it's 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 tough. It, it it will not hold your hand. It'll slap it and then hit it with a hammer. It will not hold your god hand. God damn. It will hand. not. No. Yeah, <laughs> which is weird. Which is weird. Oh yeah, the whole thing with the god hand is like your main character's name. His name is Gene, and he meets up with this woman named Olivia, who's like the keeper of the god hand. And oh, and, and the big baddie has the devil hand because you know angel devil kind of thing. The dichotomy yeah. there. And uh, you know, uh, Gene gets his arm hacked off, and it gets replaced with the god hand, which is basically an entire arm. So I don't know why they did, didn't just call it the god arm. God, but, god arm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. But still, that that's that's what the game's named after is that that's the god hand, and that that gives Gene his extra super awesome fighting ability. Not that he's a bad fighter, you know, beforehand because you know he he can hold his own, but you know he did get his arm chopped off, so right. I mean, he didn't have luckily, a god hand. Right? Luckily, like, there I mean, was a god. Luckily, there was a god hand on hand. <laughs> right. So. All right. So fortunate. Yes. Anyway, let's. Swing this back around in the same order. Let's go back to Nintendo and get his next pick. Yes. So, of course, we can't go through a video game episode without me talking about a Konami game. So, no, we cannot. It's, we it's cannot. In the, it's, it's just... It's in the contract. In, right, it's in the contract. It's in my DNA. Yep. It is what it is. So, my second pick is Contra Shattered Soldier. Uh, oh. This this game goes back to its roots to uh, the the tip, your typical uh, side scrolling uh, run and gun game. Wicked awesome game. The graphics are fantastic. I think they still hold up to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's a two-player co-op, which is awesome, which is a, you know, a, a, a lost practice in modern gaming. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Agreed. And uh, you play as Bill Riser once again. Uh, and uh, what's her name? Lucia. She's a female cybernetic super soldier. And uh, Lance Bean is in this game, but he is the villain. Oh, Rance. I love Rance. So, Rance. Rance. Say it ain't so, Rance. Say it ain't so. <laughs> so, yeah, and this game is awesome. The, one of the, some of the, the, the biggest differences in this game is that, you know, like in, in older Contra games where you where you see like a, a capsule just like floating, going up and down, floating by the screen, and if you shoot it, uh, you get like a certain weapon, like a machine gun, spread gun, flamer, uh, homing, or whatever. Laser. Laser. I like friends. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So with this game, both characters, I believe, have the same weapons already. They already have these weapons. They have the, the machine gun, they have the flamethrower, and a grenade launcher. And what's cool about this is that not only can you switch on the fly, uh, you you can charge these weapons, like with the okay. the machine gun. You can think think Mega Man. It's like you you charge up your weapon and you shoot it, and it's like just a big blast of energy. Plowing. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the fl- I I forget what the flamethrower was. You charged it, and I think oh maybe that was the the chart the 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 Buster the Buster shot. Um, mm. Uh, one of the weapons is like it. You charge it, and it shoots out this little orb, and it sh- shoots out bullets in like random directions or something like that. And uh, with the grenade launcher, I think that acts like a homing missile or something like that. I could be mistaken, but um, both both characters have these weapons right off the bat. You don't lose them or anything. Um, and like with one of the other Contra games, which is a uh, Contra Hardcore, where you can choose uh, which levels you want to go to, or choose a different path, like depending on like like if you want to like go to a, a lab or something, uh, you can just go to the lab or say fuck the lab, just go right to you know to the the final fuck, area. Yeah, fuck the lab. Fuck the lab. Man, right fuck the lab. The lab. I hate that fuck lab. The lab. lab. Sucks. Fuck that shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, with this game, there's a hit rate. That if you reach 100%, you, you score like, uh, you get like a, an S ranking or something. Again, with the rankings, like we uh, yeah. Steve talked about earlier, um, I think this was the first, I think this was the first game in the Contra series to introduce the hit rate. Um, so obviously, the, you know, if you get 100% on every stage, you get a better ending. So you get that replay value. And I do believe you can go back. And try to get that S ranking. Okay. So I okay. think I think that that's really cool. Um, the music is really good. The graphics are really good. It's it's not a very long game, but it's it's really good. I, it's probably one of my favorite country games next to Super C. Okay. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend it to anyone nice. who wants to play it. Uh, this is a game I've been another game I've been meaning to play. This never gotten around to it. Yeah. Uh, do you do you even have a copy of this, uh, I, Nintendo? I do not have a copy. Right. Yeah, I mean, if it was I, on I the ga- if it was on the GameCube, yes. Oh, okay. But this game, but this game uh, is PS2 exclusive. Oh, okay. And, and I, yeah, in the either sequel, either one of you guys, either one of yeah. the other guys have a copy of this. Yes. No. 
I don't. Okay. Oh, you do? Cool. Yes. Cool. And there's yeah. a sequel. There's a sequel called Neo Contra, which is kind of like uh, Legacy of War, where it's kind of like the uh, asymmetrical, top-down okay. type of thing. And they do. All they right. keep going with the, the the hit rate uh, scenario and all that fun okay. stuff. I never actually played it, but I heard a lot of good things about it. I heard it's better than the the newest Contra game, which was fucking Rogue Core. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Drone course. <laughs> I've never been so disgusted before with the Contra game where I literally had to, I gave it, I gave it away. <laughs> just, oh, wow. Holy just, smokes. I gave it away to a fellow YouTuber. And, yeah. uh, I mean, he, he says he likes the, the, the twin gun. It was a twin gun type of game. Oh, yeah. Twin stick shooter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Twin stick shooter. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, it was just not for me, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I mean, no matter like what system it was on, it, the graphics were fucking terrible. But, Whatever, shared uh, shared soldier. Get it if you don't have it. It's awesome. Play it. Cause I said so. Cool. Nice. Hell yeah. Oh I was, yeah. I will definitely <laughs> like to play it someday. But before I play it, we're gonna pass the baton over to Parasite Steve. All right. So uh, I'm gonna go with another PS2 exclusive. Not that my first one was, but Joe's just was. It sure um, was. Absolutely. So this is unlike God Hand. This is uh this game is not worth shit. I just looked it up. Oh. And it's like it's like not worth shit. It's like six bucks. Uh, so they must have mass produced <laughs> the crap out of this thing. It is a game that I feel like nobody talks about, and is a game that I loved the absolute ever living crap out of when I was playing it, but I haven't played it since. It is called Primal. Primal. Ah. Primal. Primal. It was released on March twenty fifth, two thousand and three. Ooh. Action adventure horror video game developed by Sony and published by Sony, also known as Saints Colon Divine Demons in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. which I didn't actually know until today. Um, so the story is a really big part of this game. Uh, it's really really cool. I really really enjoyed the story and the voice acting is fantastic. Actually, this game had a hell of a lot of polish. I remember even in two thousand three thinking that this was. Well, into I shouldn't say even in 2003. I remember thinking in 2003 that this was one of the best graphical games I had ever come across. I really felt like it had amazing graphics at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story follows Jennifer Tate, who's a young woman searching for her boyfriend who was just abducted by uh, possibly a demon after his band finished playing a show. Um, her quest uh, takes her through a series of four demonic realms. Wow. She learns more about who and what she really is. Early on, uh, she meets uh, the second playable character in the game, which is this diminutive little gargoyle dude whose name is Scree. And um, it's really like his job to kind of explain what's going on and who these demons are and where they need to go and Basically, who they were and what, what they, they were doing. Were doing. <laughs> exactly. They were. Uh, it was, she was. Uh, her boyfriend was not not abducted by the druids, though. The, Ju- uh, the druids. Uh, it was actually this big demon dude. But anyway, so uh, the the playable character Jen was voiced by Hudson Leak, who uh, fans at the time knew the name because she was a beloved character on Xena Warrior Princess. She played like oh. the evil Xena. Who okay. uh, her name was, I believe, Callisto, and she was like the blonde, evil, crazy Xena type, um, and she was pretty popular on that show. And that show was pretty popular for a while. Yeah. 
pretty funny. It's kind of just forgotten now, but, um, but also, and Scree was portrayed by Andreas. uh, I'm going to fuck up his last name. uh, Katsulas. Andreas Katsulas, who is, has been in a million things. I always think of two things. He was the one armed man in the, the Harrison Ford fugitive. And he was also one of the main characters in (laughs) Babylon five. So, Joe, I don't know anybody's name, but he was one of the aliens and, and he was like, he had red eyes and like reptilian sort of skin. Like a Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, I, I, yeah. really yeah, he, great, great actor. Like, really great actor. Really yeah, he, he awesome passed away voice. a long time ago. He did. Yeah. Uh, but he was, he was really, really good in this game as this, uh, this little, little gargoyle character who uh, you would actually get to control sometimes. Um, there were certain parts of levels. He couldn't fight anybody, but um, he would get you through like certain parts of levels. I, I don't remember, but I know, I know he um, had this ability where he could control other things that were made of stone. So like there would be other bigger gargoyles and you'd need them to move or do things or whatever like that. And he could control them. Something like that. But Jen was straight up awesome. She was very Laura Croft, but um, she had all these, you know, as you go, you get these demonic powers. So the deal was there are four big levels to this game, which I know doesn't sound like much, but at the time I remember being very fulfilled and feeling like the levels were just enormous. Again, I haven't played this since 2003, but there are four levels and I really felt like it was enough at the time. Two of these levels, these are like the, the four levels of, um, oh, I was going to write it down. I can't remember what the, uh, the overall evil demonic place was. But um, two of them are good. They're, they align with order. And two of them are evil and they align with chaos. Uh, I'll just go through them real quick. The first one you go to is Solemn. Uh, it's a harsh realm where the sun never shines and an eternal winter blankets the ground and freezes the soul. That's from Wikipedia. Uh, the occupants of this realm are the horned cat-like ferai. And uh, I thought they were kind of my favorite, which is kind of a bummer to get the best ones first. But again, it's yeah. just my personal opinion. But they, kind of, they really did look like cat people with horns. And I loved them. And so what, what's cool about this game is you go to the first place, you play it as your current self, which at the beginning was just Jen as a human. And then at a certain point, you actually are able to turn into one of the Ferai. So she had ended up having forms from each of the levels and she got to turn oh, into nice. yeah, each, each one of the demon, demon forms. Yeah. So the first one- Human like, form, a demon form, a- 1099 form. Yeah, like all these forms, all these fucking tons of forms. Like crane <laughs> and a spitting cobra and like a hurricane muskrat. I don't know. And uh, so anyway, uh, that's that's the first place. Second one is Aquis, which is an underwater underwater place uh, that's home to the amphibious Undyne. And uh, it was a it was a it was a swimming level. The whole level was underwater. Oh, wow, so shit. like it suddenly is like a totally different game. It's just hmm. insane. And it was only that second world, but okay. um, very, very different. The whole thing is swimming. Yeah. So it's very weird. So, but she looks, she looks really, she looks great as all of the, all the forms really, honestly, but um, she looks really cool. I really liked her, uh, her amphibian form. The third one is Aetha, which is, uh, it's like kind of this gloomy, cold mountainous region. And it looked very Victorian, almost like it was built by the Tudors. And uh, very upper crust type uh, type demons that live there. These very uh, vampiric 
kind of characters and they were they were called the wraiths and uh they were kind of my least favorite i felt like i felt like they were like the least interesting because the other ones were very unique looking and the wraiths were like kind of stock i don't know okay. i feel like i've seen this yeah. before right um and they were like oh we're so evil we hate everybody that's poor and like i don't know it's just like it's basically like the tutors and the same exact thing um yeah. and then the last place was volka which uh, I think it, you know, uh, kind of betrays what it is. <laughs> it's a fiery volcanic region, um, and they were. Uh, it was ruled by the bird-like, metallic-skinned jinn. And I know that we all know what a jinn is, but like these were just different. I don't know why they called yeah. them jinn. They just should have been called something else. Um, they didn't grant wishes. They uh, they were cool as hell though. Like very different metal skin they were bird like they had wings they had beaks they had all like they were very very different and uh and stuff so the first two are the the order and the second two i said are the are the evil ones the chaos realms and i don't know it's just a fun game i remember you know i i i know you can purchase it on the ps4 store i i think it's still there it, it, yeah yeah i i it's one of those games that i'd like to go back to all I can say is that when I played this game, I think it was kind of like God Hand was for, for you, Boss Rush. Okay. Like, while I was playing it, I was just constantly like, not just playing it, but like loving it. Yeah. Like, mm. I, I, I like loved it as I played it. And I kept thinking like, man, this game. But like, it was just one of those games that kind of just went away. They didn't make another one. Uh, right. And it just, it's just like, it's so easy to forget. Um, but it really was like really amazing production values. And I felt like it had great controls. I, I didn't have, I mean, I just, it has been a while, but I recommend this game. I think it's really cool. Reviews at the time were mixed to positive. It's amazing. Like some of them were like, I was looking at reviews like four out of 10, five out of 10. And then others were like huh. IGN gave it an eight. Huh? Oh, so right. there was a lot of sevens. Mostly it was like sevens and there was a few people gave it eights. Um, and then there was like the occasional four or five. It's like, wow, such Weird. a divisive friggin' thing. I don't know what everybody's problem was, but good game. Primal. Check it out. Nice. I, I definitely cool. want to get it on PS4. I want to, I want to check that yeah. one out. Yeah. Definitely. It really speaks but, to my sensibilities. Like it's got that dark yeah. fantasy horror yeah, lots of monsters, so many monsters everywhere, sort of thing. Like, really horny nice. cats. Yeah, horny cats. Like you could almost picture it being like, it, like, like an anime almost, convention. Yeah, I was gonna oh say, I, I was gonna say, a uh, uh, Clive Barker thing. Like it almost oh, has oh, that yeah. Clive yeah. Barker yeah. aesthetic. Okay. Only yeah. there's like you know a lot of animal people, so he doesn't do that. Right. But it does have like that sort of a sensibility. A not not the sadomasochist stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. Less yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, much less. All right. All right, let's uh let's top this off with uh 8-bit alchemy. All righty. So this one I went for uh was kind of uh, an obscure one for the PS2. And this game I didn't find until I happened upon it walking through coals one day. <laughs> like, Which is it pretty was, much your best like burning coals? coals like hot coals? Oh, oh yeah. Hot coals? Um, department coals. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> departmental goals. Uh, so I, yeah, I just literally went to Kohl's 
and I was doing something, buying whatever there, and I walked by and they had a section of PS2 games and every single game was this game. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> looks like somebody accidentally sent a box of these to Kohl's because uh, like they don't really sell games much and they have like yeah they're, just a, yeah they're just a clothing store yeah like they have like a couple games in the kids section maybe but like they they literally have like 40 of these on a shelf That's i'm so like weird. what the fuck <laughs> so so this game is called bujingai the forsaken city and that is b-u-j-i-n-g-a-i bujingai the forsaken city and uh this game was one of those games that i had seen on the shelf a million times i didn't really know anything about it uh, I saw it at GameStop, you know, plenty of times and, and looked on the back. I'm like, okay, this looks kind of cool, whatever. But it was five bucks. It was $5 a Colts. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy this. I don't give a shit. <laughs> right, it's just $5. Uh, right, right, like, why the fuck not, right? Yeah. Okay, so it turned out that I ended up loving this game so fucking much that I couldn't believe how I came across it. Like, it was just... Who's guy out of 10 <laughs> would play again? Totally bougie out of 10. So this game is uh, it's an action hack and slash game, much like Devil May Cry. Um, it's a little bit slower paced, but it's still like a pretty fast, you know, stylish kind of action game. Uh, it was developed by Taito and also Red Entertainment. Um, Red Entertainment, you know, from uh, Hagane and a few other games. Yes. Uh, so this game came out in uh, July of 2004. And it actually served as uh, Taito's 50th anniversary project. Cool. Uh, and so they, they decided to take a few years to create this game and build like basically a, a super group of people to, to put this game together. Um, and they, they had you know, their, their in-house music band doing all the stuff, like you know, all the great music we know from Ninja Warriors and Pac and Rocky and like every Taito game. It's always this band called Zuntata. Uh, and Zuntata was the composer for this. They also had the character designer from Cowboy Bebop, Toshihiro Kawamoto. And they had the uh, scenario writer from Trigun on board, okay. uh, Yusuke Kuroda. And so they just went all out. And uh, the, the thing from this game that, that I always distinctly remember was that the main character was a very, very detailed graphic for the, for the time. Like, I remember thinking, like, holy shit, this looks so realistic. Like, this character is very, very, you know, detailed and everything. And I found out later that they actually used um, the likeness of a Japanese pop star at the time. His name is Gakto. And uh, that's G-A-C-K-T. And Gact is, uh, he is also known as the guy who did the, the song for Final Fantasy VII, Dirge of Cerberus. Um, okay. there, there was like a big music video that Square Enix put out and they had Gact do that song. And he's actually done a bunch of work with Final Fantasy stuff, but he was the mocap and he was like the, you know, the, the basis for this main character. And so when I found that out, I'm like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. They're like, okay, we paid all this money. We have to get, you know, Gak to be in our game. Cool. Uh, we're going to make his graphic really fucking awesome. Um, but I mean, ultimately the game, the game really had some interesting levels. It had a very fun combat system. You would get all sorts of different magic that you would be able to use and chain together and stuff. Um, it kind of just, it was just a very fun hack and slash game um i think you able to have like a double or a triple jump there was a lot of exploration um all the levels were pretty open-ended like you could kind of just go around it wasn't you know linear or anything uh there was like secret you know you you could 
find currency to buy items. You could, you know, I, I feel like there was like secret costumes and stuff. There was different weapons that you would come across. It, it really just had a lot of great features. Like it, like it didn't do any one thing extremely well, but I was so blown away at how solid of a game it was. And I'm like, man, I don't think anybody has fucking played this game. And I remember bringing it <laughs> I'm over. I'm the only one. Yeah. And I remember bringing <laughs> it over a friend's house and, uh, and they had never heard of it. And, and I let them borrow it because they had, well, obviously they had never it. heard of it. You're the only one who's ever played the thing. I know. Cause nobody goes to Kohl's. I mean, really, that's what it <laughs> that all was the downfall. That, that was, was I don't know why they decided to only sell to Coles. Yeah, it's it's one of it's like those amiibos they only sold at Best Buy. They're like, well, for our fiftieth anniversary at Taito, we're gonna sell this game only to Coles. Gonna make a great great amount of money on this thing. Uh, But yeah, so it it did have like a similar kind of you know combo stylish system thing uh, like Devil May Cry did, Um, and in there was a lot of emphasis on you know keeping enemies airborne doing juggling things like that um but yeah the motion capture i think is super noteworthy i mean the way that they animated the character and how he fought and everything was like fucking amazing you know it's like those those water dancers who use the swords you know and they kind of like that's that sort of style like uh shang swa from uh soul caliber there Mm -hmm. like all that style shang swa uh, not one of my favorite characters, but still very interesting style. And yeah, I mean, I honestly don't know much else about the game as far as like if it's really rare, if it's expensive. I mean, I don't know. For for all I know, it could be like, you, you know, hard to come by. Um, you know, people on eBay, I, I don't know. I just saw an auction for 75 bucks. That's pretty, that's, that's kind of high. But yeah, um, it's a very cool game. I recommend at least just watching some gameplay. Unfortunately, the game never got farther than you know one entry and uh, and all that stuff. But I think it's super cool. And honestly, you know, it's one of those on kind of hidden gem sort of games that like you, you never really hear about. So I wanted uh-huh. to wanted to mention it. Nice. Oh, yeah. Great pick. Very awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got right. a good mix tonight of uh, like some, some greatest hits, some classics, and some uh, hidden gems. Hidden gems, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you know, get that coal, squeeze it. You know, go to Coles, squeeze oh, that. Oh, squeeze it. Squeeze it real tight and get get your diamonds. Yep. <laughs> right. right. I had no idea these were in there. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> yeah, this came out of my hand as a big shiny rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've been talking about all these awesome PlayStation 2 games and the PlayStation 2 itself for a while now. But I'd like to ask you, the audience, this week's Octoponder, this question, which is, what game or game series were you most looking forward to playing on the PS2? We'll let everyone else out there think about that while we go on a short break. Have you ever experienced something you couldn't explain? Well, that's what we're trying to uncover through our Encounters Encounters with with Darkness. darkness. Come join us on our journey to find the truth about death. Bum, bum, bum. See you soon. Stay creepy. (laughs) Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, 
once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hey there, this is JB. And if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream. <laughs> hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo ponder this. Alright, we're back, everyone. We've asked you this week's octo ponder this question, which was What game or game series were you most looking forward to playing on the PlayStation 2? Now we are going to answer that question ourselves, and I'm gonna start this one as well. I'm just gonna be number one all around tonight. <laughs> uh, You're game, number fun. You're number yeah. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, even though I only played like the first two entries of this series in the PS1, uh, I was looking forward to playing this particular game when the PS2 was like on the horizon. And this is a uh, Twisted Metal Black. The Ooh. Twisted Metal series in general. Nice. And uh, this uh, this game took a even darker tone than what it already was from oh. the PlayStation games. Yeah. The PlayStation games were like had some sort of like cartoonish, like over the top element to it. Uh, Twisted Metal Black was just grim dark. <laughs> it's like yes. holy fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But the game was like ridiculously fun, and uh, I I enjoyed this game a lot. And I remember just seeing this game and I was like, oh man, I, I need to play this like immediately because like I said, I was a huge fan of the first two. Didn't play three and four or the um Small Brawl. The small brawl at all, but um I love I, small I, brawl. <laughs> I, I I hear they're all good games. I just for some reason I just never got around to playing playing those uh, other entries. But I definitely got my teeth into Twisted Metal Black and yes. I thought that was a freaking fun as hell game. I loved Twisted Metal Black. Yeah. Yeah. And unlocking minion was fucking awesome. I was so glad. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. That that was super fun. Yeah. Oh, and um, I believe in that game. Oh no, I'm 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 thinking of the very first game because there was like a boss called Warhawk, which was actually like uh some sort of plane from a game called Warhawk. Oh yeah, I remember that totally. game. That was like the first yeah. online only PlayStation. What was that PlayStation Two? Uh no, I want to say it was PlayStation One. Because I remember that game was like. That was the deal. Was like online play only, unless that uh, was maybe, maybe one of the sequels. Maybe I don't, I don't remember. You know, I think there was a PS. Play. I think there was a PS3 Warhawk, and it was uh, it was it's one it was of definitely the, a PS3 Warhawk, but it had nothing okay. to do with what uh, the Twisted Metal. Okay, thing. I'm th- I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking of it. Anyway, that's. I guess I didn't realize that that series went back that far. That's. That's pretty yeah. cool that they threw. Oh, well, if, if 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 I'm wrong, please, uh, Retroids, correct me for you know, by all means. I mean, I'm definitely not the smartest guy in, in my own head. Never mind in the room. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nintendo, what's your answer? All right, well, I actually have two. 
All right. I have two. I have two because I couldn't choose. And also with a little twist, there are games I was a little disappointed in. Um, right. And ironically enough, they are both from Konami, and both games were released on the same exact day, which huh. was October, October 21st, 2003. Huh. The first one I will mention is Castlevania Lamont of Innocence. I was so looking forward to this game because we had suffered through Castlevania 64, and that, we all know how trashy that game is. And I was so hoping that this game would be like, you know, the 3D game that Castlevania needs to you know, revive the series or change it to a different direction or whatever. And mm. it was nothing but disappoint. And, right. I mean, graphically was fine. Yeah. Uh, Lament was right. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the, the box. Or, 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 or Lamont, the, the French version that you said. Lamont. 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 Yeah, it was just so repetitive, and I, I felt like I was playing through the same area over and over and over again. It's like, no matter where I went, it was like I was going to the same room, and I just said, fuck this. This is... I'm utterly bored. Um, but yeah, I love the character designs a lot in this game. Um, graphics. I feel the graphics still hold up. I just did not care for it. So that yeah. that's un that's unfortunate because I love Castlevania so much. Um, and the second pick uh, is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I was so looking forward to because you know we all love the Konami Ninja Turtle beat 'em up games, and yep. this game was all cell shaded. And it, I mean, looking at it now, it's kind of like ugh, I don't know, just doesn't look that good but um even i guess maybe back then i kind of felt the same but uh i still wanted because it was ninja turtles and, and it was based on the show we loved it was based on the show that we loved. Uh, yeah yeah show. and yeah. there was so many things wrong with this game i mean not only were the graphics like piss poor even for ps2 standards yeah um so bad like it's two-player co-op but you could only you, like you can level up your character, but only the first player can level up. Like you can't even do a jump kick right off the bat, like like in the the original what? games. So wow. yeah, you could you could jump, but you couldn't attack. What the fuck? Oh That's so God. fucking stupid. So you go through the first oh, level, like oh, do you want which which move do you want to learn now? Like no, I want all the moves now. Like yeah. why? Even if you could learn better moves, you should still yeah. come with like a few. A, a basic a, moves. A jump kick is pretty rudimentary. I mean, come right, on. Right, right. No and, shit. Like that's, right. that's crazy. And what and, and what what really sucks is that the second player does not have that option. Like so, only the yeah. first player can have all these upgrades. Like, just, what's the point? That's that's seems not so weird. That is not fun at all. You're right, though. When, when we found out that Konami was doing Turtles again and it was based on the cartoon we loved, we thought, oh, my God, this is going to be the return to, like, the great beat-em-up days. Mm. Yeah. And, and it just wasn't. It just wasn't. Yeah. It just wasn't. And even, like, I mean, I still want to get all three of them just because you know, they're Ninja Turtles and I like collecting for them. And I don't know. It's just really bad. And it, uh. it only got worse over time, too. Like, like in the later games... Uh, you would share the same health meter. Oh, it's like so <laughs> what? That is like that's worse than like not being able to upgrade your second players. Like at least yeah. you had your own energy. Holy crap! It's like that is so fucking stupid. Why would you do that? That makes See, I don't. Zero I sense. don't understand. Like I wish uh. 
I wish there would be a game, and I've said this for fucking ever, that they did exactly like Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 where it's top-down, but it was Ninja Turtles. That is the yes. perfect way to play a Ninja Turtles game. Right, You're yes. controlling yep. all four of them. Oh, exactly. Yeah. No kidding, yes. right? You it can is. choose which one you want to do, which one you want to play as, sure, but right. the other guys are all right there. All there. And then, like, Donatello can hack into doors and nobody else can, you know, and like, who, whatever, whatever skills you want to give to everybody. Donatello is the obvious one, but like, that would be the best way to have a Ninja Turtles game. I say this all the time. Yeah. I, yep. I wish somebody would do that Get, and yeah. make it top down. Not like, you know, whatever Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is where you're like next to them. I want to yeah. look down. I want to see shells and I want to like see the I want to see everything. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, I totally agree. And plus, oh, oh my God. Like, can you imagine like, oh, you can play as Casey Jones, Master yeah. Splinter. For once, play as Master Splinter. Play right. as, you know, uh, April O'Neil as, you know, the, as the, the yeah, ninja. Or like, there's tons of characters. Tons. If you want to make it, base it on Jimbo. The, Come on. I mean, base it on the IDW-verse that's going on now that everybody loves so much. There's tons of characters. Right. Yes. Jeez. It's like, just make Absolutely. this happen. Why, why is this so hard? Konami doesn't that. even have right. to I think it's it. the best. Because you need to have the whole gang. That's, that's what's right. been missing. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. like, even though you want to choose your favorite turtle, it's like, no, no. You should play. They're brothers. They're always together. They're always together. Exactly. Right. Anyway, you're right. I mean, that that's what one of the things I loved about the original Ninja Turtle game for the the Nintendo. I mean, yeah, you can't. They're not all on the screen at the same time, but you can switch on the fly. So basically, True. you can be all four. True, you're yeah. all four of them. Right. And yeah. also with Manhattan Project. Granted, you had a had to die to switch characters, but at least you can still play it. You're not, you're not stuck yeah, you with just, one character throughout the whole yeah, game. You switch yeah. on the die. You switch yep. on the die. Exactly. Mm, not on the fly. Live on the fly. But on, on the, the die. die. On the die. <laughs> yes. All right. So, uh, 8-Bit Alchemy, I'm going to swing it over to you. Well, hey. Okay. Oh, hey, cool guy. Uh, oh, hey, cool guys. Uh, so, I loved this game on the PS1, and that was uh, Valkyrie Profile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that yep. game just had such an aura around it. Like when I would watch Steve play it, when I eventually got to play it myself, like it just fucking mesmerized me. The graphics, the music, the story, the character design, the art, like everything. I just was so enthralled with Valkyrie Profile. And I was hoping beyond hope that they would make a sequel. And, you know, when they finally, you know, had announced that they were doing Valkyrie Profile 2 Silmaria on the PS2, I don't think I was more excited for anything. And, what, and what's funny is that I didn't actually end up playing through it until after uh, Steve had played through it. But it was just one of those things where I'm like, I got to see it. I got to, you know, experience it. And then, you know, eventually got to play through it again. But, you know, just the way that they, um, you know, build the game up from what the original was where the original was like okay we have pixel graphics um you know we have these this kind of like left right platforming that you're doing but then you also are doing uh you know turn-based battling but the battling is very active it's very actiony you're not picking from a menu you have all of your attacks basically set to x square triangle or circle and each one controls a different character so you can almost like in a fighting game kind of style just you know, have each character attack in tandem, you know, as you hit the face buttons. And that whole thing was so unique. And then they, they just brought that to the next level on the, the 
the sequel on PS2. And, you know, the friggin' graphics on this, again, were just mind-blowing. Like, they looked so goddamn good for the PS2. And they still do. Um, you know, the game came out in 2006. It was September 2006. And, uh, you know, that's, like, basically right when the PS3 was coming out. In fact, it might have already been out. Um, but, yeah, this this game just, it took so many of the things that made the first one great and had better voice acting. It had, you know, a, a solid story. Tons of optional characters to get. In fact, characters that you couldn't even get on a single playthrough. They had, like, you know, you would come to these areas where there would be a, a weapon stuck in the ground and you would kind of put your hand over it and as a Valkyrie you would you would kind of remember the the spirit or the you know the soul of the warrior who fell here and each one of those spots you could only get one character per save file you know you would go up to it and you would channel it and then you would get that character and it was done but each spot had two to three characters that could be generated from it and they weren't like you know insert random character generator here like they were very detailed they were cool they had their own voice acting they had a backstory um they weren't like major story characters but they still did a lot with each design and you know that basically made it so that no two people would have the same party going through it and you know if you wanted to play yeah like you and i have vastly different characters yeah yeah Mm. totally and and you know obviously you you do have like some of the main characters are just you're gonna get no matter you always get right but plenty of the side characters yeah they were, they were mm-hmm. all different and and that made it so much fun and it had a, a really different battle system where you almost have like a like a, a three-dimensional you know space that you're able to walk around and you can walk up to each enemy and fight them and once you engage combat you then get that classic valkyrie profile one battle system but uh the thing they introduced which was really cool is each enemy encounter would have a leader and so you could actually like specifically just try to run as fast as possible to get to the leader. And if you killed the leader, all the other enemies would like, you know, basically just abandon the fight. And it was like the most efficient way. And you wouldn't be penalized. Like you wouldn't get less money or less experience, but they also made it hard you, to target no, the leader. You, you did get less stuff. Oh, oh did but they? I, okay. Yeah, but it was it was worth it because like, you know, you get sick of doing these stupid battles, you know, too many times, like in so many turn-based right. games with, with a random battle in enemy encounters and stuff. So that at least that was a way to get through it quicker. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Mm. So you could kind of just like target the leader, get them dead. And then I think you would get like a leader bonus if you did it that way. So maybe you wouldn't get as much experience or money, but you might get a different like item that would drop. And uh, this game had one of my favorite systems, which actually Final Fantasy twelve slightly uses which is uh when you get items from enemies that drop off like whether it's you know a piece of uh, horn or or like you know a, a slab of you know stone or like some random thing like that if you go to the store and you sell all those items not only do you get the money from selling them but then the store also takes them and uses them as crafting materials and then allows you to craft new weapons new armor and all that stuff just from selling it to them so it kind of worked like doubly in your favor because you basically just want to sell everything you have. But sometimes you'd go to a store and then it would say, oh, you want to make this weapon? Well, that's cool, but you need this specific piece from this enemy. And so then you would go back and try and fight that enemy 
and and you know try and break the enemy in a certain way like certain attacks were doing overhead damage or low damage or whatever and if you would continually hit the same part of an enemy it would shatter and then you would use that piece and you could go make the thing and i just i had so much fun with that i thought that system was a ton of fun and made you know fighting enemies a lot more interesting than just grinding for levels so yeah i mean you know this this game was just mind blowing, and I was so excited for it. And the Valkyrie Profile series is definitely still one of my favorite today. And yeah, man, Valkyrie Profile Two had it all. It was awesome. yeah, yeah. So Mario was the Oof. shit. I I just really really loved it. And I can't. I played it right before I played Final Fantasy Twelve, and I literally thought I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna like any RPG more than this ever. And then I did. But I still. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as much as I love twelve, but like, um, yeah, Silmaria was the shit, and the concept art in these games is like my favorite of all time. It's so good. It's so fucking good. So detailed. So lush. And yeah. Oh my god, I love the and artwork. tactile. There's like, there's like a very painterly, hand drawn quality to, uh, especially the stuff in Silmaria. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really. Hello. Good. Full of lush rush mode. Love it. Lush rush. Lush. <laughs> lush oh, yes. There's so many, so many modes tonight. There are. Covering a lot of them. So many modes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Parasite Steve. Yes, I will go with a game called Soul Reaver 2. Oh, ah, man. Yes. I love Soul Reaver oh. 1. We just talked about it in a recent episode, but uh, so I won't say too much, but the Legacy of Kane series is my favorite defunct series of all time. And uh, also my favorite series, I, I kind of hope they just never go back to. I think it was Same here. really good the way they did it and uh, the, whatever. But yeah, Soul Reaver 1 is a far superior game to Soul Reaver 2 in all ways but one, which is of course graphical. And mm. uh, the graphics of Soul Reaver 2 are quite good. Uh, but even though it was a huge step down that felt uh, on the rushed side, um, not only in overall length, but just the stuff you could do wasn't as like clever and it felt like they really weren't, they didn't put as much thought into it, I think. But uh, even that being said, I still greatly enjoyed this game. Yeah. Um, it progressed the story forward. And that is honestly one of, one of the things with the series, like, I think that the original Legacy of Cain, Blood Omen Legacy of Cain game for PS1 was uh, not a perfect game, but an incredibly good, like, Diablo-type game. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Diablo-ish. Um, definitely, like, a really great game. Soul Reaver 1, I think, is a perfect game. I think it's, the, you know, probably the best game on the Dreamcast. It's definitely one of my favorite games on PS1. Uh, really just, like, the perfect, consummate, third-person action uh, yeah i guess rp action rpg i suppose or rpg elements there's so many things i love doing in that game and uh i played it for a very long time and i feel like soul reaver 2 was kind of i I played it very quickly and was done with it um yeah but holy crap i anticipated that so freaking much uh and even though it wasn't as good and then the, the subsequent games that came out like blood omen 2 and defiance even though they weren't ever as good as Soul Reaver 1, uh, mm. I always loved them because the story was at all times amazing. Yeah. yeah. At all yep. times. Definitely the best to... part. The best part about that series is the story. Absolutely. And the voice acting. Like, just of course, yeah. Incredible. Incredible presentation. Really, really great. And I, lo- I do really enjoy all the games. 
like on whatever level. I don't think any yeah. of them are bad, but right. I do think it probably peaked with Soul Reaver one. Yeah, like, I, I would holy agree. Crap. Holy crap, Soul Reaver yeah. two, man! I I just couldn't wait for that game to come out. Yeah, heck yeah! I mean, I was definitely looking forward to that game too, and pretty much on the same page. I mean, I, I liked it a lot, but yeah, it was a was a step down from Soul Reaver. Hmm. But, uh, still, still quite a quite a fun game. Still recommended for fans of the series for sure. For sure. All right. Well, those were our answers, and now it's your turn to tell us what you think about this week's Octa Ponder This question, which is, what game or game series were you most looking forward to playing on the PlayStation Two? And if you want to chat about the show or anything retro, you can always reach us at our popular Facebook group uh, at Reductopus on Twitter, or you can always email us at reductopus at gmail dot com. Uh, that's it. It's almost time to catch at Horizon, but before we say goodbye, let's go to this. If you're looking to score, you better listen to those that came before. Just sit right down and whip out your sheet music, because it's time to compose yourself. Alrighty, everybody, music lovers alike out there, this is another episode of Compose Yourself. And uh, today I want to be talking to you about the composer for a game I just mentioned, uh, Valkyrie Profile 2, and many other games. That is Motoi Sakuraba. And he is legend. One of my absolute favorites. Oh, so good. So fucking good. So he was born August 5th, 1965. Uh, And uh, so he is a composer, a keyboardist. He has had so many different contributions throughout video games, throughout anime, TV, and uh, progressive rock, even. He actually cut his teeth with a lot of prog rock and metal groups, which is why his music rips so fucking hard. It's so good. So uh, he has worked on games from the Tales series, like Tales of Fantasia, Mm -hmm. Tales of Symphonia. He's worked on Mm. Star Ocean games. Uh, He's worked on the Golden Sun games. He's worked on the Falkyrie Profile. Um, He's done some work with Dark Souls. He's actually even, get this, done some composition for Mario Golf and Mario Tennis. Uh, because the Camelot studio who made Golden Sun also made a lot of those Mario sports games, and he was affiliated with Camelot games. Um, Another Camelot game that's worth mentioning is uh, Shining the Holy Ark. That's another one on the the Sega Saturn that Motoi did. That was a great game. I I highly enjoyed that game. Yeah, I I still want to do a Sega Saturn episode, but man, yeah, that Mm. game was super cool. And yeah, so... This guy has had so many soundtracks under his belt. It's ridiculous. Um, So in 1989, he actually got his start working as a composer for Wolf Team. Uh, And so Wolf Team. Game Creative Staff. Game Creative Staff. Wolf Team. So, you know, Wolf Team worked on uh, one of our favorite Genesis games. uh, um, Oh, Boss Rush Mode, help me out. I'm sorry. Uh, El Viento. El Viento, yes. So El Viento, uh, Ernest Evans, which was the yeah. prequel, which is not great. Uh, Arcus Odyssey on the yeah. Genesis. Um, there's Wolf Child. Wolf Child. Oh, really? Did you do Wolf Child? I don't think that was Wolf Team. I'm, or or, or if it is, then he didn't compose. Oh, maybe I'm. Uh, maybe all right. Then never mind. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. Right. I'll, I, I do want to, you know, because I always think of that too, but I don't think, I don't think. Um, but anyway, 
done a lot of work there. Started working as a composer for Wolf Team in 89. And then in uh, 95, Wolf Team actually made their first, well, one of their first big games for Namco, which was Tales of Fantasia, um, which started the whole Tales of RPG series and was like a humongous series now. I mean, my God, there's so many Tales of games. Yeah. You would, you would, just not even believe how many games there are. I, I like. I, I think there's probably I would say close to thirty or more between all the spinoffs and things. Um, so that was a huge start. And then um, actually in '95, again, uh, some some of the staff from Wolf Team uh, were able to found the company TriAce. And they had some financial backing from Enix, who now uh, Square Enix is a is a combination of SquareSoft and Enix. So TriAce was is the company who developed Valkyrie Profile and Valkyrie Profile Two, and um, you know they they kind of have done so many different games uh, and and the like. And actually, in 1999, Sakuraba worked with one of his other co-workers to make his own company that was initially just meant to be for music and that was called tri crescendo um but they actually eventually started making their own games too uh and so they produced the two games in the baiten kaito series which are a uh, gamecube exclusive rpg and they also made eternal sonata which was a RPG I fell in love with on the PS3 and the Xbox 360, where everything was music based. You played as uh, Frederick Chopin in like this <laughs> crazy dream world that it was like super like anime style. But yeah, like one of your main characters is literally Chopin, and every character has like these different musical elements to them, and it plays just like a Tales of game. It's fucking awesome. Um, Sakuraba has a lot of inspiration from Baroque music and melodic Japanese progressive rock. Uh, he typically does a lot of like intricate rhythms and bass lines. He uses flutes and symphonies and just all kinds of like choir and things. Um, he's big fan of the heavy like distorted rock organ that you get in like Deep Purple and those kinds of prog bands. Like all about that just growly crunchy organ keyboard shit and it's just it's mm. just the shit um yeah. he he does a lot of music live he's just honestly one of my favorite composers and uh one of the biggest reasons that i remembered him was his soundtrack from the first valkyrie profile i mean yeah. that game has such a unbelievable soundtrack top to bottom that i i like i couldn't not remember who this guy was and then just for for years since I've always been interested in, in whatever he's working on. Um, so yeah, go out there, listen to the soundtrack for some, you know, some star ocean, listen to some Valkyrie profile. You won't, you will not be led astray. It is Definitely awesome. Nice. Actually, another game that uh, he composed music for as a horizontal shooter called soul feast. Yes. All right. So, so these, so these for the, the Sega, Sega CD, CD, right? Which yep. was, the same compositions, but on the Genesis, it's chiptune, and on the Sega CD, it's more instrumental or instrumentated, or however you. Oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought that was pretty wild, and of course, you know, excellent music because it's you know multiple Sakuraba. So right. can't go wrong with that at any point. You can't. 
Oh, yeah. Beyond the Beyond, actually, Beyond the Beyond. Steve. Oh, yeah. that was yeah. that was one of the first Camelot RPGs that they had actually come out with. That was when they were Camelot Software Planning. They oh, hadn't they hadn't ditched the software planning part of their name, but yeah, he he worked on that, and it makes a lot of sense because you look at Beyond the Beyond, and then you go look at Golden Sun, and you're like, wow, yeah. these games yep. are very similar looking, and and it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, super cool, super cool stuff. Nice. Excellent. All right. Well, that's going to draw this program very close to a close. Has uh, anyone got anything they'd like to prom? Uh, sure, I'll do a prom, but I'll also like to make a correction. Oh, um, earlier, okay. earlier in the episode, I, had, I said that the PS2 was the longest-selling console of all time, but that award goes to the Neo Geo AES, which was around for 17 years. Oh, so they just kept pumping those out even though only Crazy. seven people bought them? Right. Yeah, <laughs> so crazy. Huh. All right, well, hey, it's 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 good to just admit when we make mistakes and yeah, uh, absolutely catch it. Oh, uh, for, thanks for the info. Too far. Yeah, and right, uh, exactly. so now for the for the promo part. The prom. Uh, the proms. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Nintendo Twenty Five. You should definitely check it out. Uh, I'm going to be doing some changes on on my content pretty soon, mm-hmm. so I won't be doing any more. Uh, pickups or unboxing videos anymore. I really, I'm, I'm just like, I'm just like, kind of like bored with it because it doesn't really get a lot of hits. Um, yeah, and I don't know. It's, it, it was fun while it lasted. It was a good starting point for me. I think it's time to move on and try to like do more challenging videos. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Cool. Gotta man. broaden your horizons, man. Absolutely. Yeah, nice. Looking forward to that. Cool. Nice. Awesome stuff. Um, I will promo a book I've promoted on the show a few times, Slay Stories of the Vampire Noir. I have a story in this awesome Afrocentric vampire anthology. There's 29 authors in there. It's a big-ass book. And guess what? It comes out in paperback and hardcover, I believe, tomorrow. Whoa. Uh, uh, And I got the date right uh, because this episode is airing on the 12th. It actually comes out the 13th of October. Um, yeah, Ooh. pretty cool. So please nice. go check that shit out if you like vampires and and stories that uh, are pushing, you know, marginalized characters, especially in mm. spec fiction, which uh, is something that I believe very firmly in that we need to see more of. Please go support this amazing book. I'm very happy to be a pr- very proud and happy both actually to be a part of this. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. awesome. Be uh, one of the 29. Yes. yes. And hey, if you don't like it, you can always uh, bludgeon people to death with it. <laughs> That's why yeah. you get by the hard cover. You can be bashful. Yes. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, All right. Awesome. Uh, um, I guess I'll just promo my uh, 8-Bit Alchemy channel on YouTube and, uh, right. and just throw my services out there that I love okay. doing custom music for 8-bit, you know, 8-bit styles and Konami styles now and all kinds mm. of crap like that. So if you've got an interest in uh, having your own original piece of music, I'd love to work with you and, uh, and do a commission. And if not, you can just check out my stuff on YouTube anyway. I love to get the hits and hope you enjoy it. Mm, awesome. And, uh, and leave, leave, leave some thumbs, people. Yeah. Thumbs. The, uh, yes. of, of the up variety. Uh, <laughs> right. right, not just any thumbs. <laughs> I mean, you want honest I, thumbs, though. Don't you? Yeah, definitely. I, about, I, I mean, about the I honest guess. thumbs. You're right. You're right. Well, we we hope they're of the up variety, right? Of the up persuasion. 
<laughs> he's he's got right. the upside. I got the downside. See, there's two yeah. sides to the thumb. Two sides to every thumb, yes. <laughs> all right. And, uh, I, I'm part of a podcast called Retro Adoctopus. We like to talk about all the things that made growing up awesome. So if you want, check that podcast out you know, every Tentacle Tuesday. Other than that, I'm a useless, talentless piece of shit. So <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, uh, it pretty much wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you heard, please hit that little subscribe button, like us on Facebook and Twitter. As well as being full-fledged members of the Dorkening, Retro Reductibus is still part of the Inebri Art Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like the old Colony Cast, Bar Talk, not Bar Talk, the Tucking Cat, Bar, bar. Talk. <laughs> And, of course, Anibri Arts, as Andy and Fish chat with local artists over a couple of cold ones. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit anibri-arts.com. I have been your host at the Post, Boss Rush Mode, and on behalf of the rest of the dudes from Retro Redactus, I'd like to say farewell until the next. <laughs>